Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry podcast brought to you by Raisin Gray Studios. And also today, Bang Tail Whiskey out of Florida, and I've got sitting next to me the owner of Bang Tail Whiskey and a hell of a musician and my buddy, Mr. Brandon Bing. How are you doing today, sir? Good. How's it going, buddy? I'm super excited. I'm getting free whiskey. I'm going to listen to you play today. Hey. This is why I decided to do a podcast. <laughs> it's days like today that, you know, I'm super excited about this. Um, me and Brandon known each other for a while. He's helped out some Raising Grace events. He's going to help out even further in the future. Uh, we're hoping that very soon that uh, between the Bangtail and Two Pilots Distillery, that we've got the liquor market cornered on sponsors, and uh, we're going to have, you know, fun with you guys. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited. Uh, the the, you were bringing up the pamphlet a while ago for Mission 22. The guys from Two Pilots Distillery, they're the state representatives for Mission 22. Oh, whoa. Oh, yeah, so you're going to love them. You're, you're going to absolutely love them when, yeah. when, when we get all y'all together and we do some taste testing and shit talking between whiskey companies. It's going it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna to be fun. I'm super excited about it. Uh, but, Brandon... Uh, I want you to kind of introduce yourself, where you're from, a little bit about your story. Also, don't forget to drop those social media links in there, some plugs, so where I can go look up your music. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, Brandon, last name is Bing, out of Florida. Uh, living in a town called Samsula between Daytona and Ocala. And uh, also live outside of Nashville in Germantown half the month as well. So I, I get a chance to go back and forth, do music up there, record, write songs with a bunch of good uh, musicians and other artists, and then uh, I got a solar company and a whiskey company uh, back in Florida. So just uh, living the dream, I guess, right? That's right. I keep for, I always forget that you deal with solar panels. Yeah. <laughs> I always it blows my mind that I'm like this is a real deal ass cowboy. <laughs> he makes his own whiskey, but you know yeah. what? He's also energy efficient. Yeah, I'm energy. Efficient. Like it's, I'm off grid. I'm green. Oh, man. <laughs> you're gonna have to come all American solar. You're gonna have to help us here with that because that's something. I hadn't got the first lot bill yet for having a studio. I got to feel I'm calling you real hey, soon. When it comes on in, just let me know. As long as I can see, you know, what you're pulling, we'll make it happen. Man, you are. See, <laughs> me and Brandon got to be buddies because we have a lot of the same friends, friends. in Nashville. Yeah, we did. And uh, we just bumped into each other one day. And, of course, it was at an event. And I think we were in Alma, weren't we? We were, we were at Frank's. Frank. Oh, yeah, Frank's Evolved. Evolved. That's right. The first writer's room. Yeah. The first writer's Nashville, ran. too. Yeah. And it was a... Good old Lee Tucker. Man, he got so tickled. He <laughs> called me earlier today. And he's like, I've done heard you mention my name like on three or four podcasts. <laughs> like he was just so giddy about it. Yeah. And he, it was such a Lee Tucker thing. Oh, yeah. He said that he went to sleep listening to one of them. He's in Mississippi right now. Oh, yeah. And he said he went to sleep listening to one of them. And he said he heard me say his name twice in the podcast. And it, it woke him up both times. <laughs> and he was confused about where the hell he was at. And I was like, that's, that's Lee. He probably went to... I ain't going to tell him what he went to sleep with. No, nah, I know, right? Not that boy. I know he's been down there in Mississippi hanging out there at the Longhorn. He <sighs> likes the uh, he likes the bar down there at the Longhorn. He's he's a whole different breed. But uh, that night at, at, in Franks and Uvalde, y'all were doing oh, yeah. the uh, the Nashville Riders round. Mm-hmm. And uh, me and you got to talking and bullshit. And then we ended up all staying at the same little trailer in the middle of nowhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I, st- I remember waking up that next morning. That... And seeing everybody that surrounded us, and it was just like, you know what? We wasted a good opportunity for an orgy. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, it that, was, there was that naked night, people there was naked, right. There and was. And, and nobody slept together. No. 
That was a. Uh, I it remember. Was weird. I, I fell asleep on a bench, and then I remember there was like you woke up on children's bunk beds. Bunk beds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember walking in oh. that next morning, and your big ass laying on this bunk bed with I don't remember her name, and I wouldn't call her out if I did. Oh, but it man. was just like they're on bunk beds. Yeah, and that I, thing didn't even have probably made more than a two hundred fifty pound limit. Oh no, no, it was we, probably less than that. Oh yeah, and you succeeded, it. <laughs> I did. boy. All and I just remember in my head, I was like, I'm so glad they found the bunk bedroom before I did, because if they didn't, I'd have done some dumb shit. Like I can see me at three o'clock in the morning, like wanting to drop like the people's elbow oh, yeah. off the top bunk bed on oh, the yeah. who's laying underneath it. I was worried that we were going to collapse on the couple that was below us. I forgot that there was another couple. There was a couple on the there. Other part of the bunk bed. There so was, y'all were on the top. We were on the top. There was this. Uh, there was these um, three. What was it the bedroom was like next to us? There was yeah. like probably ten people in this trailer, all stacked up in spots with sardines. Like, Single wide trailer. Yeah. Shout out to the lady that let us use it that night. By the way, <laughs> she's a friend of mine. She wasn't going to be there, and she was like, "Hey, y'all can just use my house." I was, and I hope she doesn't regret it. <laughs> Because, they, oh, man, we sat in that yard picking and talking oh, yeah. all night long. Sun's coming up. And I was like, I got to go to bed. I drove into town to go to the Huddle House. I did Like, all the way to. I remember y'all leaving, but I think actually, yeah, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Was, I remember y'all bitching about it. Now. Yeah. Y'all yeah. Were like, there was nothing anywhere yeah. close. Yeah, we had to drive all the way back to go to the Huddle House. Then we oh. drove back, and the sun was coming up, like you said, yeah. That was a good night. That was a good night. That was a good night. And uh, what made it real cool was the fact that me and you got to meet each other. Oh, yeah. But uh, you don't look like the typical cowboy, uh, the typical country musician. So I like when they was like, this guy's fixing to go on stage. And I was like, fuck, here we go, Kane Brown. (laughs) And you got on stage, and I was like, wait a second. Is this a Mexican or African American? Yeah, 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 like I yeah, didn't know what yeah, you were, yeah. but I was like, I like, like the fuck out of this. You know, guy. That, that was so funny. I have to. I know Lee's gonna kick me for this, but because uh, he always says we keep, well, you keep saying his name online. Yeah. But uh, we were at the Swanee River Jam two years. Man, it's almost three years ago. And uh, I remember I was walking up to the stage, and Clint Black was coming on that night, and uh, we're sitting there in a pit full of people, and I and I have a flask. And he comes up and I was like, Hey man. And he's like, started cutting up. He's like, you want, he's like, uh, what you got in there? I was like, Oh, you want something to drink? He's like, Oh, it's probably some damn, you know, Jaeger, some fireball or something. I was like, no, I said, I don't drink that shit. He's like, what is it? I said, uh, some Eagle rare. And his face was just like, what you got Eagle rare in there? No, you don't. If you <laughs> tell Lee Tucker, you got some different brand of whiskey. Oh yeah. He automatically likes you. Yeah. When we, when I told him I had the Eagle rare in there. And then he sipped it. He was like, "Some bitch, she's got Eagle Rare in this flask." We came like brothers that night, yeah. like, and he, he would go around so at first. He's like, you. he was like, "Man, he's like, oh my Mexican buddy." Da, da, da. I'm like, "Wait a minute, wait, hold on, buddy, I ain't, I ain't Mexican." Yeah, <laughs> but that's Lee Tucker. That's Lee Tucker. He he's just like, well, he don't look like me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so we've got to address the subject. He's like, well, you know, old man George, you some of in here telling. He's like, hey, wait, you gotta be careful. But man, his dad, I love him to death. And he's like, he's like a second dad too, and 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 Lee's awesome, man. And we just built really good friendship. 
on he's the a, road. He, he's one of the best guys, man. He's changed. We've been good friends five, six years now, and it's yeah. like I've had him in my life forever. Uh, forever. Yeah. Like he's 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 my big brother. Mm-hmm. He's got like five, six years on me. Oh wow. He's aged horribly, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I know. Uh, but he's he's my big brother. Like I'm proud of him. Every time he puts a song out or whatever, he sends me the the demos yeah. for it and everything beforehand. Um, we was in a truck earlier today. We was Facetime one another and. I was looking for something. There was a song that I was going to pitch to you tonight for me and you sitting right together. Mm-hmm. And um, I was looking back for this thing that I had sent Lee. Well, I had saw where he had sent me two demos I never listened to. And so I, I listened to them, and one of them's called Damn Whiskey. And uh, I listened to it. As soon as I got done listening to it, I messaged him, and I was like, I'm a shit friend. You sent, <laughs> you sent this to me a couple of weeks ago, and it's so good. Oh, yeah. So good. I mean, but but that's one thing that I cannot wait to happen more of here at Raising Grace Studios is I've been blessed to be friends with guys like you, uh, Chris Taylor, Corey Spires, Josh Corson, Heath Clax, and all the folks we've had on the show so far. Mm-hmm. David McMahon, you will, you're going to love David McMahon. Hell yeah. Um, but all these guys, and it's because I want all of us to kind of get together every now and then, sit around, tell some lies, drink a little whiskey, beer, whatever. Yeah. And have our own little our own little version of Nashville here because I don't like Nashville. Yeah, I, I don't like the I don't like the popularity contest that it is. I like the musicians, but like we, me and you both have got to have friends that are singing every night on Broadway that can out sing half of what you hear on the radio. Oh yeah, and it's like why are they not being featured on country radio? Why are mm-hmm. they not a star? And it's. It's a popularity contest. It's a popularity contest. It's a political battle. It's you a, got to know Dominique Hutchinson. Dom? Do, do you know Dom? Mm-mm. Dom is one of uh, mine and Lee's friends. Uh, okay. But she's friends with, like Justin Dukes. And, I know Justin, yeah. Yeah, all, all these folks. I texted him earlier, actually. He's, he was supposed yeah. to be here he, yesterday. But okay. uh, he he's gonna he moved. Yeah, he's his, doing that. Uh, he's doing that show this Friday up in. Or isn't he doing a show? He did. He did one of Crazy Bull Saturday. Crazy Bull. You know? Okay, Saturday. Yeah. That's where it was. Yeah, yeah, Saturday. We were supposed to go to that, but Georgia lost to Alabama. Oh yeah. And was... I was not going to a bar around nah. a bunch of Alabama fans. I, I hate the University of Alabama, and I'd have got a fight. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have been wanted, good. I wouldn't have wanted. You'd have been in jail. Fight. And I'm not even a Georgia fan. But <laughs> I hate the University of Alabama. I hate their shit talking fans. If you've been a fan, if you were a fan of them from 1990 to 20, whatever it was, 2009 or whatever, mm-hmm. then yeah, I'll mess with you, you know, because you're not a bandwagoner. But ever since they Sa- started winning with Saban, Sa- once Saban got there, you can just yeah. go to hell. Oh, yeah. It's not even fair. Yeah. And I don't like hearing them talk. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so with you, when we first bumped into each other or whatever, it was just a you. You like stole me that night. Like I was like, "This is gonna be my boy. We're gonna get to know each other." Lee vouched for you insanely. Oh yeah. And then everybody that I met after that, I was like, "Brandon Bing's a cool guy. He's talented. <laughs> he does Nashville. You look like." I, and I don't even know who you could compete compared to because you got like this Cody Jinks thing anyway, right? Uh, and I dig that about you, but your Appreciate songs, it. man, they're. They're Georgia meets yeah Georgia meets Texas yeah that's it or actually I yeah. guess with you it's Florida yeah that's Florida what Georgia Line good enough I'm up here all the time anyway so you are yeah and I can't wait for you to be here more <laughs> but um so give people a little insight to uh the the new song that you got that just came out that is so good the uh, back in the woods about it yeah so uh, back in the woods I wrote that song man I wrote that two years ago. 
I was actually back in Florida with a buddy of mine. We had a, uh, my buddy Steve and I, we were out there. We had a um, quota hunt up in Seminole Forest. And uh, I was sitting up there in a climber. And I remember it was the one day we decided that we weren't going to move for like, we were going to get down and something told us, we text each other. He was in his climber probably about, I don't know, 500 plus yards away. I'm sitting in mine. He's like, you know, let's just sit from morning all the way till night. And I was like, all right. Because we were just waiting for these deer to come around. We knew they were going to just come by through and, and they sure as hell didn't, obviously. But we sat for, I think, like 15 hours. It was a long sit, 15, 16 hours we sat out there. And while I was sitting out there, I was just taking in all the times I've been out hunting over the years and just... I've, I I was thinking about all these songs. And you know Buddy Brown, the one that does those, like, songs? He's, like, he does, like, they're, like, parody kind of songs. I mean, they're not. I don't know. So he, like, he writes songs and stuff. And I'm not talking shit or nothing about him or none of that but because I don't know him. But it's just, it is what it is. It's, like, I hear the songs, like, he did a hunting song. And I heard some other hunting songs. I'm, like, man, none of these hunting songs are really, like, badass. Yeah. And it's, like, not that, you know, anybody can't write a hunting song. But it's like it's all the same cliche bullshit over and over Sitting and over here, and over again. Waiting you on know, the you know, drinking beer and wasting bull. Yeah, you know like, what I mean. Like, okay, well, why? Like, Luke Bryan, come on now. Well, think about it. You drinking beer, you wasting bulls. Why are you waiting on a deer? Because yeah. you're gonna scare the deer away if you wasting bulls. You can't you know? shit out. <laughs> but uh, but no. We oh didn't. my god, I've never broke that song down. You know, <laughs> you just ruined it for me. <laughs> I already didn't like it, but now I'm like, you're right. Sitting here drinking beer, wasting bulls. He, that's you, why he can't find a deer. deer. Cause you can't He's literally. Shot at the air. You've been shooting them along. Exactly. You see what I mean? That's the dumbest damn song ever. Now that's it. I hate. LeBron. I'm telling you, you know, like so, like that's for almost me, almost as bad as one margarita. <laughs> it, it, it's but almost as bad. Well, as you one didn't margarita. have to go to Mexico for that one, at least. I mean, yeah. <laughs> shout out by the way well, to BT uh, Walters. Uh, he's big old fella. He's cool as hell. Uh-huh. He's in that video. Oh, yeah? He's from Milledgeville. Okay. He owns Dairy Lane. Yeah. Um, oh, he's such a nice guy. He's friends with John Lanks. This dude's always oh, John like the best time. Hell yeah. And he's, he's literally a mountain. He's like 6'7", really? 3'50", something like that. He's not one you see big at the bar boy. and be like, you know what? I'm punching that son of a bitch tonight. You're like, nah, I'm going to buy that guy a drink. Drink, yeah. <laughs> we're going to be buddies. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm at least try so he don't beat my ass. Like, yeah. He's so, so nice. Uh, I actually, uh, you know Trey, Trey Landon? Is? Oh, yeah. Trey, yeah. Trey and me are buddies. He's going to be like the, uh, they're they're grooming him. He, he He's like the next Luke Bryan. I hope he is. <laughs> he's, dude, I love him, though. Like, uh, I, I tried to call him earlier, and, of course, his text back was, I'm in the studio. Yeah. But he's a he's my favorite little fella. Uh, I I love him. He's a he's definitely got something. Yeah. I, I don't. I can't. I, I guess when they talk about this, that it factor. Mm-hmm. He's got the it thing in Nashville. Sure. Except if I see him with a pair of skinny jeans on again, I'm probably gonna kick his ass. <laughs> I love. Yeah, I can't it. do that. But you know what I say? I can't do it, and I hope like hell I'd never sell out. But he gets to work with Dallas Davidson. Oh man, I love Dallas. And. Oh, we every Peach time, Piggers to the core. Man, every time we have been in Nashville and Trey has been nice enough to take us over to see Play It Again Studios and you walk in and you see all these awards. Yeah, just in there. Just, just all these CMT awards yeah. and everything. You're like, my buddy is in a place of holiness. Yeah. Like this is this is such a cool ass place. Oh yeah. And uh but that's what that's what we really want to build here though. Like but I want it to be 
real deal middle Georgia, South Georgia, North Florida, where the yeah. hell you're at in Florida. Yeah. Like, I want it to be that. I want it to be a safe haven for all of us to come and just, you know, muscle shoals. That's it. You know, just yeah. stuff to where you're like, this place in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know, I know that, you know, Josh and Raising Grace can push it. If it's put on social media, we sure. can cross-brand with one another because y'all are too talented. You're too talented not for more people to know who y'all are when you're not singing about bullshit. Yeah. You know, me just coming off of radio is where I had to hear bullshit. Yeah. All day, every day. Yeah. And I had to act like I liked it. You get sick and tired of being sick and tired. I mean. Yeah. It's it's not, it's, it's, it's unhealthy in yeah. my mind. Like. Well, it's not real. It's not real. Well, and that's the thing. Like, when I did that Back in the Woods song, it was the same thing. Like, I wanted to make a hunting song that when you hear it from verse to verse, including the chorus, it just built. And it was something that just really cornered what a hunting experience was about from start to finish. All the way from finding it, spying it, to, to, you know, shooting it and dragging it back and gutting it. And, you know, what it's like to have just like a big revival. and just You like played a, that during the Velvet session, right? Did I? No. Okay, well, we're going to have to do a Facebook Live after this because everybody's going to have to. <laughs> That's well, you know cool. what? We don't even have to do that. No, I'll get you one. Yeah, can, I'm actually doing a video on Nash. Yeah, but they can go get it right now. Yeah, they right? can. They can download it. They can go get it on Yeah, it's on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Spotify Amazon. You can say Alexa. That's right. Alexa. <laughs> Play Brandon Bing. Back in the woods. Back in the woods. <laughs> I know if I say that, like some porn titles popping up. Though. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Back in the woods. <laughs> Wild mixed man back in the woods. Guy, 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 the one that shot the bear back in the day. <laughs> never, yeah. I'll never forget oh. I was in high school when that guy shot the bear with his old yeah. lady. And that went viral all through high school. And the, we'll be the, talking about a whole different types of points and racks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you make Bangtail Whiskey. That's it. The bottle you gave me. We we can open this up and drink it yeah, here now, right? You can, like you're not you didn't give it to me like whole for a special occasion. No, have it. Well, we uh we're gonna have to drink this on ice. Oh yeah, on that, ice. That's the only way. That's the only way to do it. I mean, you can sip it neat too. Um, I don't know. I've always been. I'm a big whiskey connoisseur. So for me, like when oh, it comes yeah, to me too. when it comes to a whiskey and a bourbon, um, you know. The front and the middle and the back of it, like just the different, the flavor profile is so important. And uh, what is what I, I do it on the rocks because, you know, you get a little bit of a chill and then you get a chance to just really enjoy, you know, like I said, the flavor, um, and the and the warmth of it. Yeah, but, well, I'm a, I'm big, obviously, with the name of the podcast being politics, religion, and whiskey. Big whiskey connoisseur, love it. But my trashy ass. And I say trashy, but I like Jim Bean better than I like damn anything. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because Hank Jr. sung about it in every damn song growing up, <laughs> and it's just embedded in me. But lately, I have tried, because of Lee Tucker, to branch out and try new whiskey. Sure. Um, And what's the ones I'm big on right now? Reserve. Woodford Reserve. Woodford Reserve is good. Buffalo Trace Buffalo is Trace just is. stupid good. But uh, you let me try yours before. We're mm-hmm. drinking it now. Your stuff holds up. Appreciate for, it for a new for a new company. Yeah, I mean it definitely holds up. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that you uh glad you part of the fam. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you Wait. having me on and having a chance to enjoy whiskey. It was a good conversation. That's why I just it's like one of my favorite things. Is just well, I, I believe that all 
of your listeners and all of my listeners and everybody, I think that they need to know the person behind the artist. VH1 used to have a cool ass series called Behind the Music. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you got to know the artist. Yeah. And it makes you like, like the artist so much more. Even stupid ass Netflix said that dumbass Motley Crue movie. Okay. Yeah. 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 I yeah. don't like Motley Crue. Right. I'm not a, I'm not a, there's some 80s music I really dig. There's not a lot of, of it. it. Right. It just, it just don't appeal to me. Yeah. No, there's a couple that I know I could see myself having a good time with, but it's usually bands from the 60s and 70s that are starting to fall off fall into off. the 80s and still have one or two good hits, like Rolling Stones have oh, a couple. Yeah. But I can listen to Rolling Stones start to That's finish. That's timeless. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter what generation mm-hmm. it came out in. But, um, oh, shit, I got sidetracked. What was we talking about? <laughs> well, you was pouring it. And then, I, that's uh, what confused me. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. See, when you shit. when you start pouring it and you just hold on to that rock glass bottle, oh, it's very difficult, you know. It to, is. I, I, you get distracted. I have ADHD, so it's pretty common for me as well. No, you know? I remember. I remember. It was because of this. But goes back to the night we met each other, drinking whiskey, oh, yeah. hanging out and everything. It was where you started talking and you appealed to me so much more, and that's what made me like you more as an artist, was this guy is actually cool. Like, there's some that, you know, we both have ran into. Sure. That, and I don't try to call out any names on it, but they're assholes. Yeah. And they think the shit don't stink. Yeah. And they think, oh, I'm a musician. I should be treated differently. No. No, you shouldn't. No. You're a person. That's it. We put our Wranglers and boots on the same way, right? Some of them don't put on Wranglers. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I don't know. Last time I checked, we don't make skinny jeans. uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. I'm telling you, closest... Closest I get to skinny jeans is I wear the straight fits. I remember one time I was in a I was in a place I, I love this place in Nashville called Two Old Hippies is in the Gulch, and uh, they one oh, time that's good with Diet Coke. It is right. Oh God, it's so, good yeah. with Diet Coke. And uh, everybody in there was getting stuff for the CMT awards, and they was buying like skinny jeans. I was like, I'm 258 pounds of corn fed. I ain't gonna be sitting there. My husky ass is not sitting there in a pair of skinny jeans. I'm telling you, I would look like Peter Griffin. <laughs> That's what it would look like. It would look like you took a tube of toothpaste, and you only had a little bit of toothpaste left. So you squoze the thing to where mm-hmm. there's toothpaste at the top of the thing, but it's not at the bottom. Yeah. That's what I would look like in skinny jeans. That would be bad. It would look, would the moose knuckle wouldn't have any room to breathe down there? I, I prefer the camel hump. The sorry. camel <laughs> The camel hump, sir. The camel. I believe it's called a camel toe for a lady. It could be a camel, camel hump, hump for a gentleman. Like a camel hump. I don't know, dude. I'm, how old are you? I just turned 32 in April. Okay, so we're about the same age. Mm-hmm. The older I get with the, the moose knuckle reference <laughs> is the more I can see it now. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my God, my balls are going to touch my knees. Mm-hmm. Like, they won't stop dropping. Nope, they don't. Gravity's a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But back to them getting to know you as an artist and sure. not talking about my moose knuckle. Um, that conversation that we had, you're very enlightened. You you see stuff not necessarily the same way I see it, but you're very educated. Sure. And uh, when we did our last event together um, out of Kerrigan's in Vidalia, I remember that. we cool. stood in the parking lot forever and you blew my friend. I had Neil Mullis, the big fella. Oh, yeah. I had him here on the podcast last week. And you blew him and his wife's mind 
on some of the stuff y'all were talking about. So I thought with as educated as you are on these subjects, sure. that it would be really good with the election right around the corner. Absolutely. To have you in here, besides for us to sip some good whiskey, talk a little music, mm-hmm. maybe we can enlighten a listener too. Sure, absolutely. About uh, about our, our voting rights. All right. So, uh, I'm going to guess you're voting for Biden. Oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> The, the rattlesnake oh, on your cowboy hat gave it away. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. Oh, not happening. Some of us uh, have the hiding for Biden sticker. Some of us are supplying it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you ready, you ready for him to sniff you? Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't like uh, I don't like sniffing children. I don't. Yeah, doesn't he's work just, too well. He's just. We've got a new shirt, which, by the way, by the time this comes out in the morning, uh, we'll have the. The edit up so you can see it, the final mock-up. Sure. But uh, we have a shirt that's being released in the, to this week. It's called Cast Your Vote. On the back of it, it has a checkbox for uh, Creepy Uncle Joe. Then it has a checkbox for Daddy Trump underneath <laughs> Daddy it. Trump. So if you want to get your Raising Grace Cast Your Vote shirts, get with us. They'll be available Friday. Um, just some of the stuff you were explaining to us that night. Yeah. That's for these people who... Do not pay attention to politics. Sure. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Somewhat like the way you are. Yeah. And if you were had someone, let's say a member of Antifa, mm-hmm. listening to you right now talk. Sure. How would you describe Trump, Trump's America versus Biden's America? Well, I mean, I think first, first and foremost, you know, there's a, a great divide between the two of them, between... So Trump, the thing that people need to look back on if they're if they're going to really evaluate what he brings to the table, regardless of him being the president right now, is you got to look back from his historical you know past as an entrepreneur. You know he he's a real estate and a business mogul, tycoon. and and he's a tycoon. Yeah, and and with that being said, I think you know this country, there's been this this uh, separation. Over the last several years, uh, I definitely recognized it after I graduated um, high school back in 06. But, you know, it's that people in American society have lost the not everybody, but a large percentage, which I would say is obviously the majority um, have lost the the free the, the, the free will of like independent thinking and you know creativity and innovation because um, now people are told that if you think outside the box where it used to be called creative and artistic right which me and you and other people like us strive for now if you even say something different than the majority correct well and that's the thing is like you're chastising well shit for it, well so. it's like do you remember i remember it like this and i relate to a few things but back in the day when i was a kid growing up i remember in grammar school Teacher would always say, you know, there, you know, there's no such thing class as a as a dumb question. So if you got a question, ask a question because nine times out of ten, you know, one or all your classmates have the same question. You know, so you're sitting there. You know, these are things that we're we have instilled by uh, our educators when we're young. The thing that's troubled me in recent years when looking at like the educational system, and then this is kind of cross referencing to Trump since you're talking about that, is. 
this this country from our founding fathers forward was built on small business and enterprise. It was it was built on trades and vocations. We used to have block masons. We used to have pipe fitters and welders, farmers, ranchers, you know, so on and so forth. All these I different trades and vocations. And where like change where it got skewed was there became like what I don't even and this is just a quick aside, but what generation, Josh, are we considered? We're actually considered millennials. Millennials, and I fucking hate which that. is crazy, right? Now, I don't know how. Somewhere we're on the tail break. What is the cutoff like? Thirty-five. Uh, 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 it's, it's, it's it's eighty. If you were born from eighty-four, eighty to to what two thousand to two thousand to twenty-year block. Gen, X, Gen Xers. Okay. Our engineer Lacey is pulling up to make sure we're right right now. Okay. But, yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to. I understand. think I think it's eighty. It's thirty. Yeah, okay. So, so it's yes. Yeah, so yes, nineteen eighty to two thousand. Okay. So that's the thing. So. Here, here's 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 my issue with it, right? They put us in that. We're on the tail end of it, right? Yeah. However, what I've seen in recent years, and especially being a business owner myself today, and also being a minority, because that's just the fact yeah. of what it is, right? It's like, okay, you know, everybody has equal opportunity. The fact that people want to sit here and tell you that, oh well, you know, I don't like. I don't like the whole Antifa, Black Lives Matter thing. I think it's all bullshit. Why? Because of the fact that I'm not saying that black lives yeah. don't matter. I think all lives matter. I think that there is a misunderstanding and a miseducation in society uh, amongst different minority groups, particularly African-Americans, you know, with saying that they don't have these opportunities. But that's 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 false because they all have equal access to the tools and resources, going to school, making some of themselves, applying themselves, being surrounded by people that are smarter and more educated than them. When you got uh, your large percentage, I can't give you, don't quote me on this, I don't have the exact percentage. But when I can say uh, a large percentage, I'll just use that. As a reference, a large percentage of African-American homes don't have a father figure in them. It all starts at home. Well, that's that's what Candace Owens is always preaching on is that we have a group of individuals in this country that want to blame everybody for everything, but they don't want to look at their home life to start off with. Uh, a lot of these families that are lower income, that have never, you know, prospered, it, it's not their fault. It's probably the father not being their right. fault, and that and it's bullshit. The father should have been there. I will always sure. everywhere. But that's where you got, uh, especially our government. Our government screwed us on the deal, or screwed these people on the deal. Is where when you start giving incentives for a fatherless home, and that's what they've done with you're the entitling welfare. people. You're entitling, it's entitling people. people. Well, that's you're, the, that's you're the telling, problem. You're telling women and children now that we don't. You don't need a father in your home. Right. And so women, one thing, and this is nothing against single moms, yeah. but there's a high percentage of single moms um, that are dealing with uh, this, I don't want to call it a, a power struggle, but it's like they're out there wanting to be independent. And I respect single mothers being yeah. independent, but I've Absolutely. noticed that it seems like in the last decade, decade and a half, there's been a very high percentage uh, increase of single moms. And so with that being said, it's like when you have government assistance and all these programs available to enable you or basically, in my opinion, disable you because it's disabling them from doing other things to make themselves go forward ahead because they're relying on the assistance versus trying to find ways to be innovative and create opportunity so they can truly be independent by being their own businesswoman, entrepreneur and and building goals. You're exactly right. But what it's done is it's created generations to where you have 
we have you have some that want to build, some that want to grow, like our family. Sure. And you have some that are like, you know what? I know that I'm spoon fed. Right. I know that my bills are paid. Yep. I know that whatever. All I've got to do is every once in a while go apply for a shit job and go looking like shit when I go because I'm not going to get hired. Yep. And it's where it sets this trend. And then that trend goes from the mother or whoever's the head of the household down to the child. The child then is like, hey, fuck it. I've got it made. I, I don't have to pay attention in school. I don't have to want more because eventually – um, I eventually it's just going to be where I'm going to have things given to me. You want a beer? Sure, I'll take one. Yeah, let's yeah. get him a beer too. Come on. Don't we can always shout out to Miss Brianna for actually doing work for the first time. <laughs> we knew he's going to be a good bartender. Bartender. Yeah. But uh, that's what it's done. It has set a precedent too. Also, um, when you said a while ago, like Antifa is complete bullshit, which they are. They're fucking, how anybody could ever go along with some of the things that they say is asinine. Now, with the Black Lives Matter thing, I don't agree with it, but I think there's a whole lot of things that they stand for and they protest that need to be addressed. Uh, the police brutality is a big one for me, but it's not, the example that I love with, with defunding the police is if you were in a failing school system and you know that you were always going to have the same amount of kids in this in this school system and all this stuff, would you put more money towards more teachers and teaching them better or would you take money away from these teachers? You would put more into it. Correct. To make that environment better. Yeah. Well, the same thing with the police. There is assholes out there that don't need to be police. Sure, I agree with but that. But for 99% of them, fucking great individuals that would give their life for me and you in a heartbeat. Well, they're underfunded. So don't you don't defund them. You pour as much money as you can into public safety to, to help them and to give them better training. Well, you know, it's like the same thing like with that, you know, I guess one of the things that I, I get frustrated about is, you know, the media has a, a very strong tendency of misrepresenting the, the media. It's, it's not even worth watching. I don't even watch television program anymore, really, because unless it's something I really need to see, like a football yeah. game. You know, yeah, that's um, a necessity. You, that's can't, a, you cannot not, have football. You can't like football. when COVID happened, they said no football. I'm like, oh, oh hell or high water, we're gonna have football. Oh, yeah, like, you exactly. know, like I wasn't mad about anything mm. else, but I was like, they're taking my sports away. Yeah, yeah, and no. my <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it bad. got to be some point <laughs> of the summer. I was like, I'm not paying ten dollars for a beer right now <laughs> from a shitty city, shitty seat at a concert. Yeah, something's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like, I missed it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I look at it like you know. um when it comes to all the stuff that's been changing um, in specific, like you're talking about uh, officers and law enforcement, law enforcement officers, for the most part, it doesn't matter what part, whether it's a uh, front, you know, regular local law enforcement, state patrol, uh, FBI, you know, uh, government agencies, et cetera, you know, for, it's like four to 6% of them. They never, ever, they never pull uh, uh, a firearm in the line of duty during their entire career. Oh, yeah. It's it's like only 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 like four to six percent, you know. Actually, I, I said that wrong. Four to six percent would actually pull the other ninety, you know, four or ninety six percent never even pull it. Yeah. So you go like twenty thirty years being a law enforcement officer, with the exception of you going through training when you're in like your precinct doing like you know. Just making sure you're accurate and stuff for the situation if it comes awry. You'll never even 
pull it. And when they use these like these things to pin uh, races against each other, say, oh, you know, uh, police brutality, you know, white on black and black on white, all this stuff. It's nonsense because if you look at the statistics in the census, which is part of our government, right? You know, these 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 reports that we're supposed to have access to, they're there to show you that those divides aren't aren't true. The the amount of brutality that exists, it's there's nothing else going on in our society because we're not in war. You know, we might be in a a war of technology, which I feel I don't think we'll ever have another world war again. I mean, oh, no, I think it, I think the world war would be like a technology world war. Oh yeah, I don't think it's going to be because technology is so far ahead between that and artificial intelligence. You know, you don't really need to put people out there and subject them. You can just do it with drones and things like that. But not to go off on a on a tangent, I'm just saying. No, 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 that's a good tangent to go off. You know, on. I'm just saying that, like, you know, simply put. If you're looking at the demographic of crime, uh, demographic and then looking at the crime ratio, the level of black on black crime in those communities far exceeds the amount of white on black, you know, and the same is white on white. And really, like, you know, my whole thought process about, you know, uh, when they make these concessions about both sides of, you know, black and, and, and white and crime and stuff like that and police brutality, I just think that a lot of it is just misinformation, you know, the lack of education. Is what? Well, it's people only seeing what benefits them to see. Yeah, well, but see, that's the thing is like people only people want to hear like they want you to hear what they want you to hear. They don't want you to know the facts, and no. that's where my problem is. Like, I don't care. Listen, you know, when it comes to like political stuff, like Dolly Parton always says in country music, like the reason why she's made it for so long, like fifty years, is because she never taught politics, she never taught religion, right? And you know, my my whole thing about it is. Like, I think there's an understanding. The problem is that the, the candidates and the, the things that the, our country has kind of turned into have gone away from the founda- foundations that were put in place from our Constitution, from our founding fathers, and from our elders that pioneered a lot of changes. I mean, honestly, like, I feel personally, you know, like like Martin Luther King, if he was around today seeing this stuff, like, you know, you're, you're, you're if you want to protest, protest. Yep. You want to have silent protests and you have some formal I'm all protests. for protests. I'm all for protests. I'm absolutely 100% but when you for start, protests. But, but when you start burning down your own buildings, destroying your own businesses, well, it may, taking it money no from the— It makes no fucking sense. It doesn't. It's, you're bitching about a police officer causing harm to someone in your community. Then you burn down your community. Right. It doesn't make what, any sense. What, like, and like who some, does that? Somebody was telling me this example one time. Me and this dumbass I got an argument with. They were like, you know what? If I get mad and I'm in my house and I want to punch my wall out of frustration because I'm mad about something that happens and I'm going to do it. And I'm like, yeah, fine. Burn your fucking house down then. Yeah. Don't burn the community down. That makes no sense. No. And then attacking and going after other police officers and their families and all the shit that they're doing or even just them blocking the highways. Well, that's the worst thing when I was seeing one of the videos online, yeah. blocking highways, and then people get ran over and put in ICU. And, and who's the first person they call though when a car, when a car hits them? Yeah, yeah. They call the, the, police. the police, right? What kind of sense does that make? But if you defund, you take away the police, and how are you can have any protection? See, I honestly believe though, what would happen if they defunded the police? Is all these folks and Tifa and all these other assholes, they're going to realize very quickly. That they're defunding the people that keep them separated from the extremists on the other side. Sure. They're the extremists to the left, but they haven't met the extremists to the right. Right. The, the, 
when they think extremists to the right, they're thinking, you know, skinheads. Skins, and white supremacy they don't realize there's a whole lot of country boys and girls and a whole lot of cowboys on the other side that don't tolerate bullshit. Yeah. So you can go out here and run your mouth and do whatever. If you defund our police department, well, the good old boys and the good old girls are going to get together. And you're like, okay, you know what? We still need regulations here. Yeah. If not, y'all are going to come try to steal my house. Right. And there are going to be people in, uh, in their community to sit there and protect what's theirs. Yeah, exactly. That's what you're supposed to do. You have the right to bear arms. You have the right to protect what's yours. You have the right to speak. You if you, and that's another thing that just blows my mind with these dumbasses. They're sitting out there protesting and wanting it to be where, hey, I want you to take all the guns away from these other folks or whatever. First of all, you ain't getting no country boy or country girl's guns in the first place. Anybody that's proud of that amendment, not getting. How are you going to come up to protests where you're bitching about gun violence, but then end up using the guns for violence that you brought along? That African-American police officer that was retired on the pawn shop in Detroit. Oh, yeah. Got killed for trying to protect his pawn shop. Mm-hmm. What justice is that? No. What sense does that make that, hey, this is what's happening. We're going to burn our city down. We're going to kill innocent people that helped our community. Sure. But then we're going to get mad because a police officer shot somebody for not following their instructions. Yeah. I don't sense. care what anybody says about it. Uh, I've been in trouble with the law before. I know a lot of people have been in trouble with the law before. If you listen to what that police officer says to You'll you. You'll be all right. You know, there's a whole lot of times not having an attitude will get you to go home. Yeah. But if you're completely in the wrong, you got to know, you, you got to put that responsibility on you. you. You driving with a brick of Coke or whatever, and you get pulled over and you start acting like an asshole, then they were like, oh, this dude's being suspicious. They checked the vehicle. Yeah. You got priors, you're on probation, you got a brick of Coke. You're going to jail. You sure. knew before you got in that vehicle and was going to do these crimes, there was a chance that you could go to jail. So why are you getting mad at the police officer for doing his job when your dumbass put yourself in that position? Sure. But then it's but then it's society's fault. It's all this bullshit. It's everybody else's fault because you did something stupid. Yeah. We were taught as children. I don't know if y'all were. I was. But if the stove's on. And the eyes your, red on the stove. Don't put your hand on and it. You t- and they tell you not to touch it the you, first time. You, you're going to get burned. You, you, And you touch it and you get burned? Well, guess what? That's a hard lesson you had to learn, but oh, your yeah. ass don't touch it again. I, I promise you that. That's the same way our society is. Like, if you just do what you are told by the people that is governing us. And I am not for big government. Like, I am completely against big government. But at the same time, I know that it's a necessary evil. Because you cannot let us run around because there's too many people that are out there there's too many extremists for one way or the other we need to govern it'd be great if it was like the old west and you come on my property you steal my pigs i'm gonna shoot your ass yeah you can't do that no more but it's not fair either because there's a whole lot of people that abused that system back in the day and that's where you had these folks that the the white folks that had guns and stuff if you came on our property back then and I didn't know you, I could have abused that power and shot sure. you and never would have gotten in trouble for exactly. it because a black man was on my property. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. That's why we need these laws and these guidelines. I'm with you on that. And for anybody who says otherwise, is they're probably doing something they're not supposed to do and they for don't sure. ever want to get caught for yep. it. 
or they just they've never been put in a situation where they needed the police and they needed a help. They've never been in a wreck. They never had their home broke into. They never had to call these men and women that are literally, like you said earlier, how many of them never pull their gun? It's over 90%. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, these people, if you look at what their actual job is, is to serve and protect the community. They're doing their jobs to help you have a better life. Correct. Just do what they say yep. and get the hell out of their way. And if you break the law, then don't look for a scapegoat on it. You're the one that needs to pay for the crime. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, so it just blows my mind how we have morons in this world that are like, we don't need police. Well, you know, the thing is, like, from my standpoint, I look at it like this, and this is just kind of being an entrepreneur as a businessman. It's like I look at it from all the different angles. It's like I built my businesses. I built my solar company uh, with a buddy of mine. You know, we built it from the ground up. We made the sacrifices to live the American dream. I built my whiskey company. I'm pursuing my music. You know, all these different things. All these are things that people have the opportunity to do if that's something that they're interested in pursuing. If that's your passion, chase your passion. Live it out because you live one time. But if you are going to make excuses, if you're just going to sit there and want a handout or be entitled, you feel like you just deserve everything, you don't have to work for it, then shame on you because there's a lot of people out there that wish they could have the opportunity to do it but they don't get it because they're just not positioned in the right place with the right people. It's not what you know, it's who you know. It's, you know, it's not all, you know, and I hate to say it, but money makes the world go around. Yeah. You know, when and, it, yeah. and this younger generation in us too, I mean, I say that like we're old as hell, but mm-hmm. it seems like there's such a big gap between the eighties babies and the mid nineties. Well, it's a huge gap. Like, it's huge. It's, it's huge. Just the, 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 their, their train of thought and, a couple of things that came around back then that I think has completely made the entitlement of this younger generation is one, at some point in time, they start doing participation trophies. Right. That show, that taught kids right there, you don't have to work for anything. We're going to give you a trophy. We're not going to make you feel bad about losing a game. Well, that's the thing. Like, you play a game. If you don't win, you don't win. Exactly. But you better it, go back in and you learn the, how to improve. Learning those things. Yeah. How to lose at a young point in life, helps you be able to deal with just bad shit happening to Absolutely. you the rest of your life. Absolutely. And then we started doing No Child Left Behind. All right, right. All right we started right. doing that shit. Well, little Johnny, you don't have to study as hard as little Susie over here. You just come every day. You do what you can, and we're going to pass you on. I know guys and girls that I went to school with that when I got to whatever grade I got and I kept going on, their asses stayed behind because sure. they needed to. Yep. Now, because I know one in general, and I'm not going to call him out, but one in general I know failed twice. And now he has a bigger business than I do. He makes more money than I do. It's all in due time. He just was not at that point yet to where he needed to be moved on. But now we're rushing kids through the education system just to get them done. And then something that you said earlier that I absolutely loved, we're taking – off the significance and the importance of trade schools right. and of everyday jobs. And we're saying, oh, you got to go to college now. How many people have a college degree that you know ain't got a job? Right. They end up having to go work somewhere. They don't want to work. Mm-hmm. The trade schools is what we need more of. There needs to be a whole lot more home mech and auto shop and all right. this shit in yeah. high school than anything else. Like, I've never used algebra one time. Mm. I've never done well, it, but the rest of the skills I learned. Well, so then, how many how many times does somebody get a uh, uh, clog in the toilet? 
and they can't and they can't get it out. No matter what they food, to so eat. it's a lot, and, you know. And so you, I was at the corner store on the way down here, uh, way up here earlier and i was in there and i walked in i was like damn that dude blew the porcelain out the back yeah. of that toilet then i look out on the ground i see the door open i see a feller on his knees oh. and he's a plumber trying to fix all this because hey, he backed hey, up che- in that cheers to the shitty job cheers to the shitty, cheers to the shitty <laughs> jobs that we don't have to do mm. Mm, that was good right there everybody out here working hard doing real shit uh-uh i got respect Cow-cow. for y'all I'm glad I ain't got to stick my head in a toilet, but damn it, thank you for doing it. Because there needs to be people that do those right. trades. Right. Okay. And they make good money. Yeah. And they make they, good money. I, mean, I wish, looking back on it, there should have been a class in school that was like, you know what? These jobs are not necessarily jobs everybody else in the world wants to do. That's it. But if you do it and you do it well, you're going to make more than the people that's going to school to get dumbass right. degrees. That come out with 100000 plus in student loan debt. Oh, my God. And never going to own a home until they're 45. Crippling debt forever because you went to school. And then and the interest keeps building up on it. Mm. <laughs> but there needs to be there needs to be ditch diggers. There needs to be doctors. Always. I think that children at a very young age, <laughs> and I used to get knocked for this on radio all the time because there was children listening. And, like, I would get in literally trouble for this shit. But a child at a young age should be taught certain things. Like, look, and I'm going to use myself as an example. My parents knew my grades. They knew my mindset. They knew how I acted. At a very early age, I should have been told, Josh, you can do almost anything in this world, but stay in your lines of what you can do. Sure. You're never going to work for NASA. Sure. You're not going to be an astronaut. You're not going to be president. You're not going to be a brain surgeon. But if you try real hard, maybe you can be a mechanical engineer. Absolutely. Maybe you can be a CNA. Correct. Uh, you're not going. You can go to those fields and work in those fields, but you're never going to be somebody that does open heart surgery or put somebody on the moon. And some people get pissed about that. Like my kid can do anything. Your kid can't divide four divided by two. How you think they're going to do open heart surgery and work for NASA, dumbass? Yeah, it ain't happening. Yeah. Some that, there's some parent right now listening to us with their arms crossed, acting like a total Karen. And they're like, my kid can do anything. He's blind, but he's playing in the majors. Like, no, that's how far off you are. Like, it's not happening. But it's a great thing when yeah. we figure out our lane. I think it's good to believe. I think it's good to um, try to identify what your purpose is. Um, early on, if, if, if able, but I think it takes, like you said earlier, you said, you know, trials and tribulation, you got to fail. And I fell, you know, a hundred times, if yeah. not more, thousands of times. I mean, and, and I've, every time I failed, I've, I've said, okay, once I fail once, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Once I failed, you know, what, what caused me to fail? I make a mental note of that. And then I put that and apply that to the next time when I go and swing the bat again. And that next time I go to swing, I make those adjustments and I hit a hit a home run or a grand slam. You know. Well, well there's a lot of us to use baseball as an analogy. You're an an, an all of fame Hall of Fame baseball player. Yeah, sure. If you get a hit three out of every ten times, as a three hunting batting average. Right. That means you, you fail seven times. Yeah, seventy percent. And you still succeed. And you're still a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you think about it, the average batting average in, in, in ball is anywhere between, what, two, probably 20 to twenty to 
No, no, it, it's probably your your low guys that stay in the majors. Is probably the lowest you're going to see is two twenty. Yeah, the highest you, the two, no. the highest you're going to get. The highest of all time was Ted Williams right. at four hundred nine. Right. So probably so three twenty seven, yeah. three seventy five somewhere yeah. in there is probably your right. Eight. So yeah. between like twenty and thirty percent, so you're talking yeah. two two hundred to, to three fifty somewhere around three seventy five. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're hitting the ball, you know, one uh, one time out of every three at bats, yeah. you're a shit. Yeah, you're the shit. Yeah, and you're making and, and you're considered consistent. Yeah, That's what's consistent. insane. Yeah. You're consistent if you go three for seven. Bingo. But and, and that's like staying in your lane is I was a good baseball and football player growing up, but I wish my parents at some point in time would have talked to me and would have been like, look, Josh, you're five nine, five ten on a good day. You're never going to be a defensive end or a linebacker in the NFL, and you don't have the arm or the bat speed or whatever to play professional baseball, but you're an athlete. Let's try you on another sport. I wish, because I like golf now. Yeah, I love it. I wish at 16, 17 years old, I would have been taught how to play golf instead of waiting until late in my life to learn because I feel like I would have been a pretty good athlete. And with our parents, they're our biggest downfalls and they're our biggest fans. It would just be nice if there was more parents out there that, instead of wanting what they think is best for their kid, actually setting their kid up to succeed going forward. Because if you take all these entitled things away from our children, then it's almost like how we were raised. Oh, yeah. Like, that's my daughter is is my favorite person in the world. But I will not allow, when we've played softball, she will not get participation trophies. She will not do, and she does not get to do things unless she earned it. Because I don't want her to automatically think she's getting validation from society or from her teachers or whatever. You have to earn and work for it. That's what I dig about folks like you, Brandon, and our other buddies in Nashville are just the simple fact that you're still out there pushing it. You're still out there doing what you got to do to become a musician. You know it's not an overnight success. Mm -hmm. And the people that do go to Nashville and other shit end up being an overnight success. They, I don't feel like they've earned it. I feel like we're all in here giggling now. I feel like it is where um, George Jones, Merle, Waylon, the way that they all did it, the reason why they're going to be forever legends and names is because they did it the right way. And that's what I like about That's what I like about the starting off musician that's been around for a little bit, that's gritty, that knows what they are. There's something so fucking awesome about that to me. I just love it. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And that's that's really what my goal as a musician is, is being able to take and focus on the authenticity. Um, for me in particular, it's like one of my favorite things doing as a songwriter is being able to, and I say this a lot of times to people too, excuse me, is being able to tell stories on other people's, you know, experiences. Yeah. I think when you can – take a punch list of, of people's ex, uh, experience and then turn into a song in three and a half to four minutes. I think that's such a cool thing to be able to do. And it, it really opens up a different um, channel with capturing other people by relating to them because it's not just like my experiences are my experiences. And, and I'm going to keep talking about my experiences and I'm going to put those in my songs. But when I can take somebody else experience and I can do the same thing, then 
there's a, a deeper appreciation because those people are like, wow, he was able to say what I've been trying to say all these years and put it into a song. And now that song is part of history. One thing with what a songwriter means to people who don't have anything to do with music mm-hmm. and just listen is we're all taught that we're unique and all this stuff. But there's a whole lot of folks that are just like you that are waiting for to hear your voice and to hear your message because they grew up like you. They act like you. They've had some of the same life experiences. So when you put it into pen and paper and lyrics and all that good stuff, music behind it, well, you're telling their life story too. Correct. And you don't, without being authentic and singing about yourself and the stuff that you've been through, you can't reach those people. Correct. I think where a lot of folks get lost in music is they legit try to just make people happy and write something that's going to end up getting the attention of somebody. And I think that's bullshit. I think it's you write what's you, and if it gets the attention, you're getting it the right Right. way. Yeah, why should you do something to conform to the listenership? Be you. The right – I had a buddy of mine that is in music, and he's in hip-hop, and he told me, um, you know – all you need, Brandon, is a million people. And I'm thinking to myself about it. I'm like, I look at all social media platforms. There's a lot to keep up on between Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now you got this TikTok and all that nonsense. <laughs> but the thing, whole, the whole thing is, as it's 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 a uh, reality that it's important to have um, a presence on all these platforms to to sustain and grow in the eyes of the public for people that have never heard your music. I get that, but. The people that hear your music, the people that come to your shows, the people that support you, and the people that share it, those are the people that are defining your niche, your your community of fans, and that's who you're trying to maintain and grow. Well, it's an extension of you. Right, it is. And, and that's what, like, I try to surround people. I try to surround myself like with people that are like me mm-hmm. because we're all going to influence each other in some type of way. And I think when you're real about that, then the people that are around you are the ones that have the same mindset ones that same dig everything that you dig and it makes you be better at what you do well brandon this has been a great one um i appreciate you coming some of the subjects we didn't get to get to but there's always next time for sure Uh, i want you to plug your stuff again real fast yeah so uh you can find me on instagram and you can find me on facebook brandon bang music you can find me on twitter the hoss music and uh of course brandonbangmusic.com or uh or youtube you know it's under brandon bang so, uh, yeah, I got a EP to Florida Man that's out right now, and also my newest single, Back in the Woods, and more music coming for y'all On soon. Apple, Spotify, everything. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Alexa. <laughs> Alexa. Google. Google. Play Bland- Brandon Bling. Blandon. Blandon Bling. Bling. That's Wait. because of that damn whiskey. We don't- <laughs> Plug your whiskey, too. Oh, Bangtail Whiskey. Follow at Bangtail Whiskey. Got a lot of stuff coming soon. Stay tuned for announcements, shows, and much more. And I'll see y'all soon. Hoss Nation family, till next time. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast. Catch you next time.